0: For the 23-24 season, Talking Wolves is proudly supported by Green King Sport,
1: where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single one of Wolves' televised fixtures throughout this season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, why not get your mates together? Get yourself down to a Green King pub and get closer to the action. That's right, Dave, and Green King Sport
0: have recently launched their Green King Sport Instagram page. It'll have a load of content on there, some deals and some competition throughout the season. So please do us all a favour, do us all a favour here at talking walls, follow the Green Kingsport Instagram page, so you're the first to know about it. Now, it's time to get stuck into the podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Talking Walls Podcast. I am your host, Matt Cooper, and today we are... It's its the two OGs. It's, it's just me and Dave. we, we I mean, Dave, you, you've been a constant throughout the last two or three weeks, but we can't get the staff, can we? I
1: know, mate. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's busy. They've realised you're back, mate. They don't uh, want to take a dip, but yeah, just the, um, the gruesome twosome back at it.
0: Yeah, exactly, mate. Have you, uh, I've, I've enjoyed listening to the, the podcast over the last couple of weeks or so. Good to see Harry Mantle back on here for the first time in ages. I, forgot, I, I didn't know if he was still alive or not. I haven't seen, seen him in ages. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I've been away in, in Mexico for a couple of weeks, which was, um, it, it was it was nice to get away. Never never been before. I know I know Finn and Jordan yeah. have been before, but yeah, it was um, such a beautiful, um, beautiful place. But I had a couple of hairy moments, mate. Like Because he's, he's quite notorious, isn't it, for like being... Governed by the the cartel and whatnot, yeah. and being like a little bit rough around the edges, and we uh we landed about seven o'clock in the evening out there, so it was quite dark. And as we come out of the airport, there was like um we'll come out of the airport onto like, because everyone's ever been like Riviera Maya, it's literally like a straight road down the coastline to all the hotels. And two minutes down that big kind of dual carriageway, we saw a dead bloke at the side of the road. Oh my! And we were like, oh my god, like perhaps like. The, the rumors and stuff are true like we're in we've come to like a war zone and uh there was uh, i are not sure what had happened but like in, if that was in the uk like the roads would have been closed off but there's literally just like an ambulance there like putting him in the back um and the taxi. said to the taxi driver like you're not gonna uh, the roads not being closed obviously like now nah, we are used to it. just sweep him oh, up and, and crack on we were like oh my god um but apart from that mate I had, <laughs> I had i had i had i had the stomach bug from hell as well but i think that's like Notorious in um in, in Mexico, but yeah. Apart from that, mate, I had a really good time. Some the sun was like it was so hot, the humidity as well. But yeah, I um I really enjoyed it. Have you what have you been up to, mate? In your spare time, anything? Just chilling, just, just
1: cracking on. Yeah, uh, a bit of football not, ain't you as well. Yeah, I was just getting the football. I'm trying to get out of the house really. Just starting my running again today. Um, there is there is it should be close to being confirmed very very soon. A very special event that Talking Walls getting to get involved in. So. My running will definitely help with that as well. Um, but yeah, going back to the uh, to Mexico, a couple of my lads, uh, they've gone to Cancun a couple of times for like a lad's holiday. Uh, mm-hmm. And on two occasions, they've had to bribe the police um, just for having a slash on the side of the road, like, and then they realise you're British and they think, yeah, we're going to rip these off. Pretty so they start from about a £300 bribe, and you can get them down to about 50 quid.
0: <laughs> to be fair, though, it's like, I don't know, Least you know, you can kind of get out of it if you end up in a situation, but it's still not ideal, is it? Yeah. Um, uh, we we went off the resort once to play del Carmen and stood we stood out like a sore thumb, and that's quite a built up area anyway. So we decided to come back, but yeah, we um, we did a couple of excursions, me and the missus. We like swam with turtles and stingrays, it was unreal, like, it was like so cute, them little turtles coming up to the surface <laughs> for, some, for some A's class, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a beautiful part of the world, but it's a couple of times where i felt a little bit on edge probably no different to a mexican coming to birmingham though mate yeah exactly right?
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just out your comfort zone a little bit at times so that's what it is yeah.
0: isn't it? thankfully the missus speaks fluent spanish so i didn't have to normally i'm a bit of a control freak where i'm like i have to organize everything or i have to go to the bar and get a drink and sort everything out but because she speaks a lingo i, I like sat wow. back and relaxed for like two weeks it was great i can even be all inclusive and i was like yeah i'll get these you can get these ones in love (laughs) (laughs) it's not the same when we're back home no uh no finn and jord today um i think finn's at a family meal jord is uh he's actually playing golf he's a keen golfer our jordan he loves it Mm. i mean i'm having golf lessons i'm terrible i've never never played around but uh, jord inspired me have you ever
1: played no i'm I'm actually going to the driving range got it booked to my mates early early part of um October, so a couple of weeks away. Apparently, there's one. I don't know which one it is Shropshire Golf Course or something like that, and they have all the games. You know, like in America, you can do like a driving range, but they have games and stuff. Yeah. Apparently, this one does. And it's nineteen quid. That's what nineteen quid each. He was like, nah for all of us for two hours. I was like, oh, or an hour. Or all right. I was like, sounds sounds good. So, yeah, I've, I've never gotten. I've. I don't. Know, I don't think I'm patient enough for it. To be fair. I don't it's, think I could warrant paying the money for it either.
0: <laughs> it's an expensive. Like I've only, I've had, I've been having lessons for like four or five months. So I'm not even out on the green yet because I couldn't even swing the club before. No, Have you, sure. can you swing a club?
1: I, d- I don't know, mate. I could swing a few things, Well, I don't know about a club.
0: let <laughs> well, swing a few things. Keys in a bowl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're a little bit. A little bit depleted this week, but it's going to be like the transfer podcast, mate, where it's uh, it's it, it's just me and you. But uh, we'll, we're going to be looking at the Wolves versus Liverpool game. We're going to be recapping that. We're going to be looking forward to the relegation six pointer that is Luton versus Wolves. I say that a little bit tongue in cheek. Um, and then we'll, of course, come on to your questions. But Dave, looking at the, the Liverpool game, the, the lineup that'll come out, you. I always find that like, the general rule of thumb is if you're happy with the line the performance is going to be shit. Like, yeah. whenever, you know, whenever everyone says, like, oh, he needs to play so-and-so there. And, like, he does it and everyone's like, oh, this is amazing. And there's a reason why the manager hasn't done it. But I looked at that line-up and I thought, yeah, that's a, that's a solid team.
1: Yeah, and I think it showed it, you know, in the early parts of the game as well. I, I personally, I thought he was going to stick to sort of the players that he knew of to it to a degree but i was actually quite surprised he see Belgar to start uh but i suppose gary o'neill had like two weeks with him in a smaller you know group of players so we got a closer look at, at players like that and uh you know i think he certainly showed his quality as well but yeah i, I mean that was the team Close to the team I probably would have would have picked. I think I would have possibly had i have had a dedicated number nine striker um from the start of the game, whether that be Fabio or Sasha. But I think the team that started the game for at least 45 minutes anyway did a, did a really good job.
0: Yeah, I think Gary Neil, Gary, Gary Neil, Gary O'Neill's coming for a lot of stick in terms of selection substitutions, especially in this game. I think we're we'll come on to this, but I think Dave and I are um, as you can imagine, happy clapping, but kind of understand the rationale behind some of the selections. But Mate, it was a it it was a fantastic start and it's just it's so frustrating that we didn't capitalise on 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 those on those chances because there was like two or three clear cut chances, including the goal, which you you have to be you have to be putting in, especially against a team like Liverpool, because they will I mean that bench they had was unbelievable and you can see the changes in the second half changed it, but it's just you can't you know you're gonna get punished.
1: Yeah, I mean That's sort of been the story of our season, hasn't it? And I know we are creating a lot more chances and a lot more clear-cut chances, which is great. Uh, But Manchester United, we should have got something out of if we put our chances away. I think the Brighton game could have been completely different if we had taken chances before half-time. And arguably, you know, obviously we won the Everton game, but arguably the Palace game was the same. Um, You know, the balance of all of our games so far, we could have easily got something out of those matches the Brighton one maybe is a stretch too far but you know at 1-0 we were certainly in that game Um, but we missed two golden opportunities and it was the same on Saturday where you know we, we took the lead a really good goal brilliant from Neto who had a you know a much better showing today um on Saturday sorry Um from the South Bank end I couldn't tell that Huang's goal had gone in because obviously Alisson had sort of it, it creeped over yeah. the line but from where, where we were we didn't really have a clear viewing of it Um but, yeah, we, we've got to take, you know, if we go into that game 2-0 up half-time, I think we, we have enough in us as a team to see out the match. Um, but, yeah, obviously the chances that we'll talk about, were it's just really, really frustrating.
0: Yeah, I thought um, one player who looked back to his best and also as expected when playing him on the left with Pedro Neto, it's a strange decision from Klopp, really, to put Gomez, a left-footed centre-half, who was stepping in field into the Trent role. Well, I don't know what lot. Like, I think we spoke about it yesterday. Like, what you like swap over see Castle what not, and yeah. put him in there. But yeah, uh, Neto and uh, had him. And I like Joe Gomez. He, he had him on toast, and the moment. every time he come forward, he looked confident, wanted to beat his man, and he's so
1: much better going on the outside. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot on the on the uh, you know Neto on the left hand side. He put in a couple of great balls uh, and you could have, you know, I don't know if he still is, but, you know, he's up there with the top assisters in the Premier League so far. I think I read today he's got the most key passes out of any player in the Premier League as well. I saw a couple of comments over the weekend about, you know, he's probably one of the best Premier League wingers at the moment, which I think is possibly, if, and no disrespect to Neto, I think that's probably a stretch too far because I think there have been some games, even like the Everton game, I thought his overall performance was really underwhelming, but obviously at the end of the day, he put one ball, bo- a great ball, into the box which we scored from, and on the on the on the you know the score sheet it says Kalidzic goal, netto assist, and that goes down on his records. But I thought overall the ninety minutes he wasn't brilliant, but really stepped it up. I think I think Saturday was for at least fifty to sixty minutes his best performance in a wall shirt anyway, um, and I think he was unlucky that he, he didn't get another assist or two as well.
0: That, that's that's the thing as well. Like he's uh, he's, he's probably been robbed a like of two or three more assists, hasn't he? Um, hmm. He look. He definitely looks back to his his former self. But we we've said this about a couple of players before, haven't we? Where they've said that and the just like the confidence and performances of of um have bombed. But he was definitely robbed of a uh, of, of a second assist with that with that Cunha miss, mate. We've we've spoken about indecisiveness and hesitancy in and around the the, the final third. For me, that completely surmises that. It's Cunha is thinking, "Am I going to kick this? Am I going to head this?" And he's ended up trying to knock it with his left bollock. Like <laughs> it's, I can't, I can't believe he's missed it, mate. Is centre forward?
1: Yeah, it's it was. I think I agree. It's sort of the ball is at that awkward height. But for Cunha as a as a forward, he needs to make sure he either gets himself into the right area to either head it or volley it in like you said or you know basically he's just got his body positioning or attacking positioning just completely wrong um and they're the fine margins like i said earlier you go in at that that game 2-0 up there i think walls you know coming to the second half a completely different team and yeah i know liverpool scored three goals so they could have easily you know got something out of the game but walls you know, m- momentum and mentality wise are going to that half time completely different. um And that's frustrating, really, really frustrating. And Cunha is, and again, I think he showed it in glimpses on Saturday, such a good footballer. But I don't want to get into this sort of almost a Dharma Triore type argument where we're saying, talking about his goal contributions and numbers, because I think, no disrespect to Dharma, I think Kunya uh, overall, can be and is a better player than that, we've just got to see him more often. And I think just after that miss as well, he, he went on a sort of mazy run himself and then the shot was awful. It, it went well wide. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's a confidence thing and hopefully we can go to the cliche, you know, once he scores one, he's just not going to stop scoring. But we really need to, you know, we need to see something from him sooner rather than later. I saw one or two shouts on our comments that maybe he should be dropped, which I think would be a bit too harsh because I think he does contribute a lot more. Uh, than, than than just goals and assists, cause... but yeah, and any other forward. Uh, but we certainly still need to start seeing numbers. And it, it's great, you know, Huang already scored three league goals. That's fifty percent of what our top scorer got last season uh, already. Um, and if we can get Huang, if we can get Pedro Neto, if we can get Sasha or Fabio and and Cunha all chipping in seven, eight plus goals each, then you know you'll be in a comfortable position coming into the season.
0: I think uh, I think Bellegarde's going to get a few goals as well. So I noticed that we'll come on to his performance separately in a bit, but he was what Palace were doing to us essentially on when was it? Was it Sunday? Last Sunday, they have like that 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 third man running to the box and Bellegarde was doing that every single time. And I nearly got on the end of a head, didn't he? But couldn't, couldn't you, it's funny you mentioned about Adama and, and I think he had the same issue as, as Cunha that, his, his ability, his, his ball striking ability, is like, really poor. Like that shot when he took it through past like two or three players. Like I don't know whether it's composure or conviction, but his, his ball striking seems like poor. And I know you probably people are probably thinking, what do you mean? He's ball striking as a footballer? Of course oh, I still Get what ball. you mean. But like some some players like like Neves or Neto, That's like natural. really clean strike of a ball, like pinpoint accuracy or. I don't know who else. Who else have we had who've got like like a Barry Douglas, for example, who yeah. can really strike? But he just, I don't know, just seems like out of control. Whenever he's, it he, he comes to finishing, whether it's composure or his ability. I mean, yeah, he scored that goal against Leicester where he he, he smacked it in. But
1: I do, do get, I do get yeah, you. He almost like his, to, yeah. he almost hunches over the ball sometimes yeah. when he like hits it. I do, it I can't. Natural does he mean? when
0: he's like.
1: It's like Adama
0: when he used to like cut him with his left, and he'd be like hitting it with a chipping wedge. He just, yeah, like, no, su- no. just like swings his leg like straight. yeah. And he like-
1: Mate, yeah I, I think I think it it'll come though. I think you know, like the hardest thing sometimes in those position uh, in that situation is actually getting in the right positions. So he's done pretty much ninety percent of the what he needs to do. The other ten percent is just putting any part of his body behind that ball to stick it into the back of the net. And I think if he if he cl- hits it cleanly it's going past Alisson. Alisson won't save it. So this is what I'm talking about with the fine margins and that's why I think, you know, I'm not going to say it's unfair on Gary O'Neill, of course, because, you know, he could have dealt with things a lot better throughout the the rest of the game. But, you know, for him, his players need to start, you know, doing the business uh, when when it matters most.
0: I think that was apparent in his post-match press conference. Like, didn't single out anybody, but you can see he's frustrated with the players. But like like, like you said, he's not immune from criticism and, you know, it's a results business, but you can't, you can't like legislate for like that. Cunya miss and whatnot. Like, it's just, you, you know, it, it, the chips are down a little bit on him. I do feel, I do feel for him a little bit, but um, let's talk about a debut performance from Jean Richter, Richner Bellegarde, mate. It looks, and again, let's not get, we're drinking from the Kool Aid just yet, but <laughs> it seems to be a wonderful bit of recruitment from the club. So, you know, we we like to put the boot in on the club and they haven't done something well so i think it's important that when they do do something well that we do celebrate it but i i think in terms of a debut performance that's that's as good as i've seen considering the opposition and how we, i think the biggest compliment you could pay him Dave, is that he slotted into that team like he'd been playing there for three years tactically very intelligent right place right time and showed like real
1: confidence and um real like attacking him
0: but just to get his head down and have a go.
1: Yeah, I like the role that he picked up as well, to be fair. And I think with him, he could play as a holding midfielder. He could play out wide, I think, with his ability. Play anywhere by looking at yeah, him, yeah, really. yeah. I, I expected, you know, if say Huang, I, I know he might have picked up a knock on Saturday. So that's worse than feared. I think you reintroduce for Luton vlogging. sake. Like, I think you reintroduce a number nine, Cunha into the ten, and Bell, Bellegarde out wide. Similar to how Nunes was playing basically before he uh me mm. out. Um, but yeah, he, he was he was really really solid. I think um, you know driving forward with the ball, his ability on the ball, his aerial ability. The one way I saw a video of it again today, the ball's booted about thirty yards into the air at the sky. It comes down, he just chests it down and carries on with it. I was like. That's that's just ridiculous. So, yeah, looks like even the training videos, he just looks very, very good. Um, But like you said, early days. But I think, you know, a player like him, he's full of momentum and confidence after a good start in in France already. I think, uh, you know, he he can win us some points this season.
0: Yeah, he just looked like he fitted right in. It's important to have those type of players as well who can do you a job anywhere on the pitch. But we when when he pulled pulled and i mean it's clutching at straws a little bit like this is so all we've got to celebrate but when he pulled that ball down onto his chest like most players that because he had time would have probably just tried to take it down on the knee or whatnot but all I was thinking was if god if it's cold and that catches his nipple he's in serious trouble. <laughs> 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 he's in serious trouble because it come down with snow on it that did but really really impressed with the uh with his performance pressed well as well lots of energy that midfield three though in the uh, in the first half Dave they were they were just, It reminded me of Liverpool of old, to be honest, where they're just like steamroll teams and just the, in, the intensity couldn't be matched. But the issue is with that and which we'll come on to is players tire, that stylistically players tire playing that system and it, it can't be maintained for, for 90 minutes, which is why it's so important when you've got the upper hand, you capitalise on it.
1: Yeah, it's such a, you know, high pressing if you press it in the final third, you know, especially against teams like Liverpool. And like you mentioned earlier, the quality uh, and ability they were able to bring off the bench, you know, it's going to get players like, oh, you're bringing off Alexis McAllister bringing on Luis Diaz, you're like flipping heck. Like, you know, you're bringing off one world-class player for another, really. Um, so it is difficult. And yeah, like you said, if you are playing at high tempo, high intensity, which we were throughout the first half and it showed and we got rewarded for it in the first half, You've got to make sure that you put yourself in a position for when the fatigue levels do kick in, you're in a comfortable enough position that you can see out the game. And unfortunately for Wolves, that's that's what happens. So Gary O'Neill now needs to try and find that balance because it is a good and entertaining way at times of playing and we will get results sometimes playing this way. Uh, but we've really got to look at the negatives as well and the consequences that can have, just not just from the one game, but in the future as well. Because if you're playing at that tempo, intensity, pressing all the time, <laughs> come December, you're going to start to see more suspensions, more fitness issues, more injuries. So it's something that, that has got to be carefully managed. Yeah, I mean, I've got
0: some stats in front of me um, from, the, from, from the game uh, in terms of high turnover. So basically winning the ball back within 40 metres of the radius of the opposition's goal. So it's about five yards inside the, um, the, 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 the D of the centre circle. So fairly high up the pitch. Um, Wolves had seven um, high turnovers. Liverpool had six. If you can do that to a team like Liverpool, who are full of players who were pretty press-resistant, I'd say, the likes of Slobzai McAllister. Yeah. And even, even Jones and, and the full Probably not so much... Uh, With with Gomez uh, at at right back, but um, none of those high turnovers led to shots. This is this is as per it's it's an account on Twitter called uh, Mark R Stats, uh, whereas Liverpool had had two shots. But the positives to take from that is say if you go and play we go and play Luton on Saturday and you deploy the same kind of system, you're gonna have more. You're gonna win the ball back high up the pitch more than you are against Liverpool United. City Arsenal yeah, because yeah. they're a lesser quality of player, but it's just that de- decision making that we we just seem to be lacking. And there was a couple of I think no, there's an instance in the first half where Neto broke and Wolves committed probably two or three players into the box, um, and I think it's a criticism of Neto, and it's probably the only one from the game is that. When he's got one player to aim at, he finds them. But when he's got, like, three or four options, he more often than not picks, like, makes none mind. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's just another example of that.
1: Yeah, no, I understand. I watched him a couple... Believe it or not, I watched him a couple of times uh, during the summer for Portugal 21s, and he did a similar sort of thing. Um, it's just, like, he dwells... if he's Right, who do I pass to? Who's going to put this ball into the back of the net? Um, so, yeah, I think, like you said, the, even the Cunha chance... If if I saw, I thought no way in hell is he going to be able to pick up out Kunya there because he was on his own in the box. If yeah. if I remember rightly at the time, he did. So yeah, and it was a great ball. The technique and and everything about that cross was was really really good. Um, but yeah, the, I mean the pot like I said, the positives are at the moment from the first half at least that we're getting the players into the right sort of areas. We've just got to get that ball into the back of the net.
0: Second half, mate. Um. <laughs> Completely changed, didn't it? We, you knew that Liverpool weren't going to come out the same team. Diaz came on, and I think he completely changed the game. He, it was a, a cut above anyone on that pitch, to be honest. As soon as he got the ball, played it in, he was gone, and they switched to like a. It's hard to it's hard to see in the north bank because you're not obviously you're behind the goal, but it felt like a. It almost felt like a four-two-four the way that were they, they they were going forward, but yeah. Um, Subs the subs change the game, unfortunately, didn't they for, for both teams. Let's talk about um Gary O'Neill substitutions first, because this as we as I've just alluded to, he, he got a lot of stick for it. Um but you and I seem to think that
1: a little bit of that is unwarranted. Yeah, I think t- to be honest, I think the subs he made had to be made. I think <laughs> I think I think the one the one obviously which is gonna cause the most confusion is the Doc one. You know, Matt to coming down on a right wing. Yeah, that was. Just... Um, but all the others for me w- made, made sense. I think at the time, the attacking players lacked any sort of energy to press. And that's why Fabio came on. I think the defensive midfielders, obviously, the same sort of thing. And that's why the likes of Bubicar and so on came on. Obviously, Aiton already picked up an injury. Um, so the subs that he made weren't necessarily the wrong substitutions, but, <clears throat> but it's the way the team not just from after the subs I think the second half in general was disappointing someone said to me at half oh, time would you take 1-1 now because of how well we played in the first half I thought now fuck off you you. now I thought we're going to do these <laughs> um, <laughs> stupidly um, but yeah I, I don't necessarily think the subs are the wrong ones but it'll get to a point now where I, I, I sort of vent him off frustration a little bit of Fabio on on the review because, like, you know, everyone knows we've sort of... And then people do agree and people disagree with us on, you know, for backing Fabio up uh, throughout, you know, his time at Wolves. But just nothing stuck to him. He was just bouncing off him every time. He couldn't trap the ball. He couldn't bring other players into play, which surprised me because there have been other games where he has been able to do that. Um, but what will happen now is that Gary O'Neill will start to lose trust in these players that he's bringing off the off the bench um you know people talk about sasha i don't think it necessarily would have been the right change to make especially at one the one the look or at one one um but it will get to a point soon where obviously he's going to be picked before before fabio comes on anyway um but yeah the, the main one for me was the doc one and, and I, but then at the same time i think if you did want to bring another winger on like a direct winger for winger then why isn't Enzo gonzalez on the bench to make his debut
0: Perhaps I don't think he's ready, but the which is what we've spoken about in terms of players like it's kind of tiring towards the end purely because of the way that they're playing and the way that mm. Gary O'Neill has asked them to. So, Bella Bellagard came off, um, Lamina came off as well, didn't they? Yeah, um, then you had Juan come off and Cunha. apart from Neto, they're probably four of our know, Lamina give or take. Um, I thought Lamina was really good first half, yeah, to be fair. Four players who are excellent at carrying the ball, and that was our that was our biggest threat against Liverpool, and mm. that threat was completely nullified as soon as they come off, and then that invited Liverpool on even more. But he had to make those changes. Huang, I know it's in the first half. Robertson broke away from him, and he was trying to sprint after him. After him, he was hobbling. Whether his hamstring's still fucked or not, you don't know. Yeah, that that change didn't really make much sense, but. I probably would have tried to keep Cunha on for an extra 10 minutes because, again, he gives you that, he stretches a play. Fabio, for me, this season has been has been crap. I don't think there's, and I think that's not being harsh. He, he has been crap and you know that we've, we've we've backed him ever since he's come to the club. But this is where I think they wanted someone like a Che Adams because it he would have helped a lot more in that game with Cunha coming off. He's, he's a big lad he's powerful, he'll stretch a game, he's quick. And then when you bring Silver on, who's not really any of all, any of that, he's not a slouch, but against them two at the back, he probably wouldn't have a chance. It just it allowed yeah. them to push up and it was just barrage after barrage after barrage, wouldn't it? And that's where we lost the game. But the changes, most of them were in fourth. So that's what we're saying. If, you, if you're playing that kind of system, you've got them that, in that kind of style. You've got to take your chances because... It's gonna to come to a point where you're blowing out your arse after sixty minutes. But Jar yeah. Gomez probably would have come off if we could have had another sub because he was blowing out his ass. He was excellent, by the way, first half. But
1: yeah, I, was, I mean, look at the sub now, because it was one one when we made the changes, really. Literally yeah. just after the goal. And that's when Duck came on. So I don't know if Wang did have a knock. Uh but for me, then you maybe and then obviously Cunha came came on for uh came off for Fabio. But for me, you just put Cunha on the wing for a little bit. Or you play him on yeah. the, off the left and net off the right or whatever. So there's ways that you could do it. And no disrespect to Doc, but that just did not work. I don't understand the thinking behind that whatsoever, unless he was possibly going to a back five to see how to draw, which obviously would have been a risk. And then obviously 8-0 came off and that's when they scored the two goals, which... Again, no disrespect to Bueno, but I think Aitnori did a really good job on that left-hand side as well until he got injured, and that's where yeah. the, the goals sort of came from that side. Although the second one should have been stopped way before. Every time the ball was played to Salah, he was obviously under instruction, but
0: he was straight up, straight up in when he got mm. the ball, and he didn't really have a, he didn't really have a sniff at all until Aitnori went off. But that's what like two or three times now where he's managed to do a, a job on Salah. But that second goal, mate, it's just so frustrating. Like it's just. They defend the defended fairly well for like 50-55 minutes. And then so, there's, a, there's a few people to blame, in my opinion. You've got Saru's got the ball and he's trying to release a, an early pass to Neto. He nine times out of ten, those those kind of volleys or daisy cutters, whatever you call them, never find the man with him. Yeah. So what? What? Why is he trying it? Because he knows he's not gonna do it, and and he's doing what fans want him to do. So he, you know, fans can't be critical and say he doesn't release it quick enough, and when when he does it, it 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 doesn't even reach halfway line. It's really poor. But then, the move itself, it's a it's a forty yard one-two. It's pathetic defending. Question marks to be raised about who should be tracking Robertson's run. He's he's he's. He's ran forty yards and got on the end of his uh, of, of a pass from Salah when he passed it to Salah himself. Like it's just it's musical statues again. And it was the same at Palace. It was just just
1: ball watching. Yeah, it, it was it was crap that was saw so from start I, I mean, Again, I'm not watched the highlights back to be honest, but from the stadium saw so it was a dreadful distribution. It looked like he should have done better for the save as well. But like you said, it should have been stopped. Um, you know Robertson's run should have been tracked a lot better, but yeah, we have seen that Palace. It was, it was just like watching the game, yeah, rather than a lot of almost too flat-footed. The centre halves, in particular, um, and then obviously going on to the third goal, I think Dawson, you know, embarrassing with how how he you know gets done by Nunes. I don't even think he was on a booking at the time, and I think you know for me, just pull him down, you know, take a tactical booking. That's it. Uh, you know, keep us in the game, but you know he gets spun. Yes, maybe there's a shout for a head injury in there, um, but uh, but you know, uh, but you know what's frustrating about that one. Obviously, I'd assume Michael Oliver would have let that play out and sc- see if they scored, and then if see if it would would have been a foul or whatever, um, you know, and they could have ruled out VAR. I think it was five, maybe ten minutes earlier. I don't know if it was at two one or at one one, when um, I think there was a similar incident. Fabio went for a wrong goal, and then the. the The referee pulled it back for a foul, and it was a a fifty in my opinion, it was a 50 50. Yeah, I think we'll let the move play out, and then if it's a foul, that's what you've got VAR for. Um, and it's just annoying that this didn't happen in that that instance there, but um, yeah, too easy. The last two goals, you know, we we could have easily come out of this game with a positive result, and again, our own stupid mistakes have have cost us really.
0: Yeah, the third, I didn't realize it was a deflection when I first watched it back, so I watched it as soon as I got in the car. like Sars traveling as the ball struck, and he's like, he's on his heels. So that's why he collapses like a sack of shit because he's not he's, set, he's got no set position. But it's gone down as a bueno own goal. So he kind of, he kind of, okay, given the benefit of the doubt, it's a deflection that's took it past him. But that should have been, it should have been stopped earlier on. But what this is, and, and this is where I think O'Neill should come into cri- some criticism. Why on earth are we playing? front foot, pressing, get out to your man as quickly as possible, defending with 64-year-old Craig Dawson because (laughs) he he can't do it. If if you're defending a low block and you're defending your area, head and kick it is the fucking man. He's probably the best in the division for it. But when you're asking him to play that role, how many times this season I've seen him in the North Bank running back to goal because someone spun him. He's just not
1: cut out for that? I think You know, Lopetegui got it sort of bang. Lopetegui obviously tried to play a little bit higher, but at times, you know, he played him in the right role. And, you know, Dawson was arguably, you know, he got some people's vote for player of the season, uh, even though he came in in January. Uh, You know, he got a lot of praise, but with his current role, it's just not cut out for him. And I think both of them go wondering a little bit, both Dawson and Um, Kilman. Nothing came of him, but in the first half, Kilman went wondering up. Um, and he actually went into the box for a cross, and I thought, well, I looked at the pitch, and it was just Dawson back on his own. I thought, I hope to God they don't counter here, and we got away with it, fortunately. But yeah, we, we've got to be, we have got to be cautious. And um, I know we had a small discussion about it last night. But like you know, there's going to be calls for Santi Bueno to come in soon enough. But when's it going to be? Is it going to? Are we going to need to see the Ipswich game um, next Tuesday to sort of you know for? New players in, or <clears throat> could O'Neill make wholesale changes for Saturday? I don't know, but um, something needs to be done about that backline because it's not good enough at the minute.
0: Yeah, we're, 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 we're creating too many chances, really. But Gary O'Neill said in his like his, his post-match press conference that um, basically that the, he was alluding to the centre halves going to their own thing, which. I've noticed when we're when we're defending, they're so like so far apart. I don't know if that's for design or not, but I think Dave, we could see a change against Luton. and I think we could see Totti coming for Dawson. That would be if we're going to change it. That would be my change anyway. Kilman's come under a lot of stick. Um, someone's someone's got to be a scapegoat, hasn't he? He's the captain. But do you think do you think some of it's unwarranted? We've had quite a few questions about it. To be fair, but everyone. <laughs> Everyone or a, a lot of fans seem to think that this this role of the captain is like this, like this, you have to have an aura. It's like this massive important thing, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that important, Dave. You'll have leaders on the pitch just because he's wearing an armband. I don't I don't think in term in, in a professional sphere it means that much. It wouldn't. It, it, you know, he's it, not like. A Cody, for example, you look at him and think, bloody hell, that lad's a captain. But
1: yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's that important. It depends because I think that the the pros, obviously, with Cody was that, and you used the phrase quite a lot, was an organiser as well. You could always yeah. hear him very vocal. And I yeah. think that obviously helps. With Wolves at the moment, I think they've got more, you know, Dawson could do that. You've probably got some of the forward players like Lamina will do it. You know, it's not just about the one player who's the captain. You know, you've got to have many players... Some of which have played at a very good level and an experienced at a top level, you know, a lot of these can be classed as your sort of organizers as well. So it's not all down to Kilman as such. Um, you know, I think obviously the, the the main thing people look at is that he seems to be quite shy and quite quiet. Um, and I think sometimes that does actually represent, in you know, his play style at times, he's scared sometimes, in my opinion, yeah. uh, of getting his body in there and, and those 50 50. So I don't think it, him being a captain is, is a negative. Um, but I think, yeah, unfortunately, he's, that scapegoat a little bit. But, I, you know, I think a lot of players, I think Dawson and Kilman, will both know that they need to be performing better this season. Um, but, you know, you look at the... I always remember, that, and I've, I've, I think I've probably mentioned it on the podcast before, we're very quick to blame the goalkeepers and the defenders for conceding goals. But why... You know, let's look at the forwards as well for not yeah. putting that in the back of the net. Um, you know, Cunha obviously would have got some stick. Fabio obviously got some stick. But, you know, we need to we need to focus it on, you know, the whole team really. Uh, you know, the whole team can con- contribute more to their jobs.
0: If you think about, like, in terms of what kind of, like, features you'd want from a captain, ideally. F- for me, they have to speak the language as a speaking Obviously,
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Has to play most games. Yeah, she does. It can't be the goalkeeper, really. I don't think a goalkeeper should be captain. Even as a, before, a former goalkeeper, you can't <laughs> you, you can't control the game from from where you are. You can see most of it, but it's hard to get your message across. Um. So out of those three, who uh,
1: who who who's a, who's a candidate? Dawson probably been my pick, but I think but they're not more... going
0: to. Dawson's probably not going to be the starting center half in two or three weeks' time. And they probably knew that.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. To be fair, I think I think it's the vocal thing. A lot of people yeah. will will say more yeah. than anything. Yeah, I, but... I
0: agree. It's something that he needs to improve on. But well, I think we've spoken about this before. I oh, don't. You can't coach that into someone. It's their makeup. You can't make someone like aggressive and outgoing and extrovert overnight. can It's just you either you've right. either got it or you haven't. But People saying that he shouldn't be captain, and I should strip him of the captaincy. I think that would be so counterproductive. In the same breath, that being a captain and having the armband isn't a massive thing. I think stripping someone of the captaincy is, yeah, because it just rubs people up the wrong way. And usually, stripping someone of the captaincy means one thing: the player's gone very soon, or the manager's gone very soon. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think either of them are going to happen. So, what's your thoughts on that?
1: No, no, I agree. I I don't think you change. You don't change the captain. Well, you just both of them, like I said, they just need a bit of a kick up the backside. I don't think that's... Kilman being captain is the reason why we lost on Saturday or Kilman no. being the captain is why we lost against Palace or United. Um, you know, he's obviously got a good influence around the dressing room. Otherwise, Wolves wouldn't have given it given it to him. Um, so, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. But, you know, there's a long, long way to go. And I think people do forget that we've played some very, very top teams already, you know, so far this season. And and you would say, if you got given this fixture list, you know, before United away, you would have looked at it and thought, which teams are we going to get points from? Everton was obviously going to be one and Palace was going to be the other one. Obviously, we've only mm. failed at one. So we've just got to kick on. games against Luton, Gaines against Villa coming up as well. They're the games that we need to focus on trying to get points out of.
0: Yeah, we've got Luton on Saturday at Colonel Worth Road. Only a thousand tickets available in the, uh, the a little, Little pokey old ground. Uh,
1: you're not. You're not watching the game, are you, Dave? You, you're no, going out. I'm out on the lash on the on Saturday. Wee. So uh, yeah, Matt will be doing the review, all being well. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, the only game I've missed this season is Everton, uh, and we won. So there you go. Uh, take take from that what you will. But yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> you would hope that we've got enough, you know, enough quality to to beat them. You know, we saw the pre-season friendly. I know we a nil nil between the two. Um, but you know, we'll should should have enough quality to to beat them must win any it Dave
0: must i know it's early to say that but I yeah
1: like i just mean happy's
0: making the numbers
1: up yeah i i think if we do if we lose on on saturday i don't think gary o'neill will be sacked like a lot of people have suggested or asked in the questions but there will be a hell of a lot of pressure on him because if we if we lose that, we've got city which Again, I don't like to write us off straight away, but you probably, you know, say zero from it. Then puts a lot of pressure on the Villa game, and that being sort of a localish game, you lose that, and I think by the start of October he could possibly be gone. So he needs to win this basically, He's which I finish. think he, we we will more than more than enough quality, and you play like you did in that forty-five minutes against Luton. You sh- the game should be done sooner rather than later.
0: The only the, on- the only way that. Did... These famous last words that Wolves go there and lose is if they're out fought and yeah. Luton want it more because on, you know, technically Wolves are a far superior side. Luton have built a, a good championship side in the, the aim of they'll go down and consolidate, which is, you know, the, the, what they think is the best option for them. Then fair enough, but they're there to, and it, and it, it, I think it's even quite evident from their socials, their fans, they're here to make up the numbers that they're, they're not happy to go down, but it's not the end of the world. Like, We've got to go there and put a fucking performance on.
1: They've got to, it. yeah, it, because, like you say, they'll be up for it. Rob Edwards obviously got tired of Walls as well, so he'll want them to be up for it. That like you said the only way they can beat us is by you know they've got some big physical players, by you know being out forwards, and Walls have just got to use that quality which we know they've got to put teams like this to the sword and uh you know we've just got to go ma- make sure however we do whether it's scrappy whether it's quality we've just got to make sure we come out 5pm on uh, Saturday with three points
0: What's, uh, what changes would you make to the line-up if any I think should be <laughs> fit he was just he had cramp I think which after 60
1: minutes I think fit. <laughs> easy enough for me to say at 17 and a half stone but... I think you start the same team believe it or not if everyone's fit I think you start the same team I'll be, I I'll be. I don't know because I think look, the downfall against Liverpool came when we started to make the majority of the changes, and, and stupid errors. But I think that team for the first forty-five alone showed they've got more than enough quality. To I, I can't see who else would come in to be honest, unless unless he is changing the centre like you suggested earlier.
0: I think he'll. It <clears be throat> he may make one change. Is that only because. I think a lot of fans have called for like wholesale changes. But if you're Gary O'Neill, it I mean it might be a bit of a shithouse thing to do, but if you make loads of changes and you lose the game, it's it's completely on you. On you and people are saying it's like out of your mind. Why has he made so many changes? So I think he's probably thinking of that as well. Because he knows he's on un, he's under under pressure, un, under pressure in inverted commas. Um he ain't going to be going anyways on a three-year deal. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons why he won't make loads of changes because of because of that.
1: I, I I think, and the reason I think Dawson will stay in is with the way Luton will play. They'll just be whipping the ball into the box at every opportunity they can get. So I think that's a fair like, point. Think players like Dawson are going to be there to you know head it back out or whatever. Um, I don't know. I can't see where the change would be, though. Maybe at full-back. Um, maybe if Huang, his knock is worse than feared, like I suggested earlier, possibly bring a striker in. Maybe even a start for Sasha, I don't know. Uh, and put Belgard onto the the right-hand side or whatever. Um, but, you know, we, ha- we should have, and this is no disrespect to Luton, we should have enough quality to beat him. But these sort of teams are the banana skins, really, because they're going to... They can go into this game, especially at home, wanting it more than us, uh, fighting harder than us. They've got, like I said earlier, a physical team. So it will be an interesting battle, and I don't think it will be as straightforward as fans hope. But, yeah, we've just got to make sure, however we do it, we get three points.
0: Last time Wolves went to Luton, mate, was it FA Cup?
1: Yeah, back in. Yeah, lost Gone. his job afterwards, didn't they? Yeah. Rumours are that he got sacked on the coach. Really? I don't know how true that is, yeah. But yeah, That's oh. awful. <laughs> um, didn't mind Saltback, back and to be fair it's I think a, a like right li- man wrong time,
0: I think yeah, absolutely, and Dean Saunders was wrong man wrong time
1: <laughs>
0: yeah uh moving on to the questions might've had quite a few that have come through on Twitter um some 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 really good ones um quite a lot of repetition from some of them and uh, an example of this is from John littler who's asked. Who would, you, who would be your favourite captain replacement for Kilman? I rate Kilman as a player, but personally think he's better off being let to play his own game without the added pressure of leading the team. I, again, I think that's a fair point as well. You don't know how that that pressure is weighing him down,
1: but if you could pick um, someone else there, who do you think it would be? I think the only other two candidates off top of my head would be Dawson and then possibly even Lamina. I'd, mm. I'd probably say Dawson would be the most straightforward one for me if, if he were to be playing the games. I think the
0: reservations
1: about Lamina is can lose his head quite quickly. It's I just a bit emotional, isn't nice. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And you need someone especially now that the referees are clamping down and whatnot. Um I think he's probably a little bit emotional. Also, Dave, I forgot to mention this, the Liverpool game. What did you think of Michael Oliver's performance? Because I feel like every I'm gonna try and start doing this every time we we come back to review the games. Very critical of referees when they've done something wrong, but I think every week we should highlight what we actually thought of the performance because we never say, yeah, the ref was great. Like he didn't, he didn't do much wrong, but how would you rate his performance?
1: Mixed, I think. Um, like I said earlier, I think the, there's a couple of instances that were, worked against Wolves. It was the one where we had that attacking chance and he pulled it back for a foul, which I think was dubious from, from where I was sat. Um, the one where that their young centre-half kept down, going down with cramp and then when he realised the ref wasn't yeah. going to stop the game, he got up and started running again and then he go down again. Um, <clears throat> but then there's, you know, I think he wasn't as card happy as I've seen referees, you know, compared to like the Brighton game. Um, you know, I think he tried to manage the game as well as he could, but with about half an hour to go, that's when he started to lose control a little bit, to be honest. But it wasn't the worst per- refereeing p- performance I've seen down at Molyneux, but it, I don't think it was the best either.
0: No, I think there's a couple of times where he could have let things go. Pulled it yeah. back for soft fouls. But um Amar's Music Show has asked when Lapatagi got us ready for the start of the season, our team seemed incredibly fit. The intensity over 90 minutes against United was evident. Do you think under O'Neill the regime our fitness has deteriorated? That's why we are crap in second halves. I don't
1: I don't I think I don't... your fitness levels can deteriorate that quickly. No. Within within the space of like four weeks, to be honest. Well, I also think against United as well. Like they
0: were they were awful, and that midfield was they they were blowing out their ass after
1: like twenty minutes, weren't they? So I
0: think that's well. Even like,
1: our key cha- even yeah. our key chances against United were all in the first half. The only ones that came in the second half was when United already won the Lupin and sitting back. So yeah. that's naturally that would happen anyway. Um yeah, I do agree. You know, we're out of the block quite quickly, but I don't I think again, I think you said this the last time you're were on. We're gonna always look back to that Manchester United game, like all season. We're, we're gonna about look back it when to we've it. retired. Um because I think the players knew they had a point to prove as well. But I think that's very I don't know what what the right word is. To point it at a fitness regime, the reason why we're not playing, I I think that's that's a bit picky if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. I don't think it's because of that. Uh, Juicy Fruthier said, what does Sasha need to do to start a game? He's clearly our best number nine and seems to be the only one with an eye for goal. We cannot keep having Kunja as a lone striker. It's important to remember he's come back from a an ACL and it's his second one. But also, and I said this to you, Dave, last night, I feel a little bit sorry for him because I feel like he's only ever going to be deployed when there's 15 minutes to go and you're chasing the game. Purely because of his profile, I don't think Gary O'Neill fancies him.
1: Yeah. So a couple of things on that. I think, yeah, like you said, I, I don't think he's, he's not at the moment, he's not going to be able to start and play 90 minutes still. Uh, I think especially with his sort of pressing style. And that's probably one of the reasons why, like you've just said, he's not why playing. he's not picked. But I would, I would probably, um, I think I would start him soon. I think if he doesn't start Saturday, he'll definitely start in Ipswich on Tuesday. Um, but and, and yes, we can't keep having Cunha as our lone striker. I think yes, uh, Saturday was the first time he played as a lone striker all season, to be fair, because Fabio has played every other game, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Oh, no, he, he played against United, uh, sorry, Kunya. Uh, so um, I think it will come. I think we've just got to be patient with it, with Sasha anyway. Uh, yeah, I think we've got to be patient with it. He'll play against
0: Ipswich, Werner. He'll start yeah. against Ipswich in the cup. I think so, he's yeah. like the. I think he's like the perfect striker to play away from home.
1: Yeah, because you don't, you can't play you can't play like pretty football a lot of the time away from home unless you're much much you know. And Ipswich aren't a crap team. No, you know, Ipswich a good, good manager as well. Yeah, Ipswich will be an interesting battle depending on the strength of their their squad they put out. But I think he'll probably. I, that's why I think he might start Cunha again on Saturday, and then he'll start Fabio and Sasha together Tuesday. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Canada Mike has I see, sell a lot of players. Um, plus some starters, but more importantly, some leaders. Employ a young, very inexperienced manager. Appoint a young, decent defender as captain um, when he isn't that type of leader, when it affects his own performance. His question is, what are we doing? You say about selling a lot of players, some are leaders. Neves was a leader, yes. Sadama was good around the place. Jimenez, quite a quiet character. Moutinho, wanker. (laughs) <laughs> um but he is for, for what he did mm. refusing to play i'm sorry but it's that's that's not on and if you listen to what if you listen to L- liam Keane podcast express and star martinio is in the martinio business and he doesn't he doesn't really care about anyone else um as long as he's all right and that that's fine apparently um but i don't think there's anyone else there who's
1: I think this, the, yeah. this season's Kobe, overhaul. Yeah. It, yeah. This season's overhaul wasn't as didn't have a, such a negative impact on this squad than the season before. Rudy Saez and Cody, yeah, yeah, all in yeah. one. If you yeah. asked that question this time last year, and I would be like, yeah, fair enough. But no, I think I think a lot of the players, other than Nevers and possibly even Collins, you could say a lot of the players that did move on needed to mm. be moved on. Move on anyway, yeah. um, and obviously the, the the manager thing people will agree with rightly or wrongly the the captive thing obviously we've already discussed as well so i can kind of appreciate that but it's still i think it's still too early to be throwing questions like that about mm. And like i said with the quality of opponent that we've played so far a french wolf has asked loose salute and and the knives will be out for a
0: meal i think i think he's right in saying that um say the bad form continues into october and we'll will we see another sacking like we did with large I know O'Neill has a three-year contract, but there is a clause in year one. I'm not sure whether that's I'm not true sure, no. or I'm not. not. 100% no. Sure. Um, who who would lead the lead the search? And will will there be a sacking? in October? it'll be, be Hobbs who lead the search, wouldn't it? But he could be. <sighs> Jeff might want to get back involved in it if it if it if it, if it fails. So yeah, he had nothing to do with his search, did he, Jeff? It was I all think he's still Matt
1: Hobbs. Oh. Like I said earlier, I think he's got to beat Luton. If he doesn't and you lose to City, I think he's got to just get up to that Villa game, get to the start of October and make sure our heads are above the water because then you can, I mean, if I quickly get our fixtures up here whilst I talk, because if you can get through this Villa yeah. game, you then play off until like November. you got some You got Bournemouth away, you play Newcastle, Sheffield United, Spurs, then Fulham. You know, and, and then throughout December, there's winnable games as well. So I yeah. think if he can keep his head above the water, I think he'll get into at least Christmas. Um but... Do you say
0: what? What do you think? Say, say we go into the Bournemouth game with six points. Do you think? Do you think he'll keep his job?
1: Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I think he will because there's only three league games before then. So if, yeah, if he beats Luton. He'll get a bit of breathing space from City and Villa, but that Bournemouth game—I don't that know. Looks like a biggie, that I look. think he could be almost like, and I, I try to think, you know, when like a manager's like, right, you need to win this, and he'll just always just manage to win the games that he has to win just to keep his. You think you think thing.
0: he's you think he's dead, and then yeah, he's, yeah, he's but back like alive. he just
1: somehow man, like Nuno, I know Nuno, Nuno never did, yeah, really yeah. that pressure, but I always remember Nuno, I when we first came up. And it sounds mad, saying He went like six or seven games without winning. That Huddersfield game at home, everyone's was like, "He's going to get sacked here." Yeah, yeah. And then he, and then all of a sudden, he just pulled some class streak out. Chelsea, won not it? it he went three, yeah, yeah, three so, five,
0: two
1: I think, like I said, it's still so so early to to say, and I don't think the I don't mean the performances. Obviously, the second half is uh, uh, you know, are, are frustrating, but I don't mean the level of performances, like balance when you balance it out, are, are that bad. Um, so I still think he deserves and needs a bit more time. Um, just judging purely by the quality of opposition that we've had so far, but I think you give him time, he could genuinely, you know, December, we've got Burnley, we've got Forest, both at home, you know, we play Brentford, we play Everton again, you know, before the new year. You know, there's a lot of a lot of points there that Wolves realistically can still achieve and, and still get themselves in a really decent position before before the January window, which Wolves have already said they want to strengthen in. Yeah,
0: Richard Fletcher has asked, "What is your opinion of fans who are late back to their seats, constantly and regularly nipping off to the concourse? It's a bore like for fans around them, and can restrict your view regularly. Is it poor social awareness or just crap support?" It doesn't really bother <laughs> me where I am. There's there's not many that many people who do it. But I always feel bad, like, if I need to go for a piss-off pay for the first half, make sure I say sorry and thank you on the way back up. But it's going to really bother me. A
1: bit different for me in the South Bank, because you stood up anyway. Yeah. Um, and there are people, like, nipping in around. All right, it's about 35, 40 minutes. Half, half the stand empties, anyway, to go for a, a pint. I, I I just stay down there, anyway, to be fair. But I can, I can get it if, like, you're sat on a row and, like, the bloke in the middle keeps nipping off but in the south bank for me it's just it's a normal thing anyway to be honest
0: yeah
1: um final question most important one from sean mitchell favorite
0: breakfast cereal i absolutely love cereal but i never eat it because there's much sugar that's in it i never have breakfast in general to be fair um
1: cereals i know it's fucking cliche but better better than the evening anyway. <laughs> Cocoa Pops for me is I know it's a basic one. I, I enjoy a bottle of cocoa pops or all alternative supermarket own brand ones. Um uh, cocoa shells or whatever they call them, chocolate shells. Um don't don't mind like frosted shreddies, but like you said, like the sugar in there made like astronomical. So you know what I always wanted as a kid as well. I was obsessed with like my mom would never Lucky ever charms. buy me now, nah, uh, cookie crisp. Oh,
0: cookie yeah, really crisps! Oh, I have like, yeah. got to
1: buy one, like, ah the sugar and I, I, I maybe got it once or twice and it was like the best the best mornings of my life. But yeah, yeah mate. In hindsight, cookie, yeah, you know, cookie cookie crisps. Do you remember golden nuggets as well? Oh, I
0: used to love golden nuggets, Nestle man. gold nuggets. Oh, I tell you what, I, I, I really know. like um like crunching up clusters.
1: See, I'm not a nut fan? Them? No, I'm not a nut fan. Oh, they were. No one's that changed names as cinnamon Grahams, You know, curiously cinnamon. I used to be obsessed with them. Golden Grahams, aren't they? No, something like that. So golden grains was the other one. They were like a, oh, a okay. honey type, one. and then the cinnamon ones, but they were caked in cinnamon. Uh, but yeah, they were unreal. real your well. thoughts?
0: On... Oh yeah, Curiosity cinnamon. What's your thoughts?
1: Oh, your... what's your thoughts on shreddies? I like, like like plain shreddies, but I have to put that a little bit of sugar on them myself. Yeah, a
0: little bit of sugar. A bit too plain. See, yeah. I used to like sugar puffs as well. Didn't you used to make your piss stink? Yeah, <laughs> unless, I, unless that's uh, just me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, know what you mean. I, I, I
1: love, I like sugar puffs, and um, what was I about to say? Cheerios like, as like, well. fr- like Frosties or something like. Hey, Cheerios. mate. I'm easy as long as it ain't nutty. I'm easy, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean if, like, we, would we just like we should... name the whole cereal aisle. But, you know. <laughs> Them Lucky Charms, I always wanted as a kid, but obviously Don't for I the like same to reason. Well as the Kellogg's multi-grain you ever have them oh fucking hell they sound awful no no you, you would no they were nice Um, used to you could buy them in a big box but I always used to have them you remember when you used to go on holiday or something like that you'd buy all the mini cereal boxes oh the little stuff. variety box oh yeah, yeah. the
0: nostalgia that is yeah yeah Proper. I don't know if they do, do, do that anymore I don't know do you ever have um, Crave yeah I think, that's, get... I, I think that's like after our time though no no anymore? yeah
1: I remember Crave I remember yeah, I like the chocolate ones yeah again your mom and, mom and dad would be like nah nah that was a that was a rare one yeah did you um did you you know we went to lot of school and stuff did you have breakfast or did you used to skip it then i used to have it a lot more then i probably haven't had breakfast for a good like 11 12 years <laughs> why <What? laughs> just, just never have just wake up shower and go to work that's it what time I you having really early to work for whatever reason i'll go yeah. shop and buy like a yogurt or something like a muller corner or something,
0: yeah. it's somewhat healthy,
1: but you know, yeah, i've never had it. Toast every now and then, toast it's, if it's I'm feeling one, adventurous. One, it's not a cereal, but I, ha-
0: yeah, I absolutely love muesli, but it's not very good for you. Again, it's full of sugar. I could I eat bowls and good. bowls of muesli, never got into that either. It's got nuts in as well, yeah. as well, some of it has. So, um. Probably, uh, probably not for you, but that's probably the most engaged we've been on podcast, mate. It, it's always <laughs> the case, I mean, it? it's always yeah. the case. Um, that's all, that's all, folks. For for this week, hopefully, um, the boys can put on performance against Luton because it, it is must win. Um, and I feel like the fans, out is a big one. Not good to see a few goals as well, but I'll be covering the uh, match review and reaction because Dave's that um, deservedly out on the last, so I'll try and do his. Uh, try and do himself uh, some justice on the on the review but um hopefully back with the rest of the lads too next week but uh, dave where can people find you should they wish to
1: follow you uh, it's at dave as a party on twitter and instagram
0: i am matt cooper bites uh, and m cooper writes we are talking all across all social media platforms if you have enjoyed the podcast if you're listening on apple or spotify please do drop us a five-star review. It really does help us. If you're watching on YouTube and you're not subscribed, please drop us a subscription and a like on the video. And also, as I'm rounding off the hat trick, please go and follow Green King Sport on Instagram. Um, there'll be loads of content on their deals and competitions throughout the season. And they're uh, our proud supporters for the, um, for the the for the remainder of the season. But, yeah, until next time, Dave, and all of our listeners, take care and enjoy yourselves.